welcome to Don't Die Before You're Dead. I am your host, Mary McCartney, and this is where we talk about all things related to living the life you are meant to live. And of course, we know that that takes any number of things. It takes uh, a good amount of sleep, as we heard the last podcast I did. It takes good nutrition. And that brings me to my guest today. So I'm so pleased to be able to welcome Jillian Bogdan, who is a certified nutritional practitioner who talks about food in a different way because we're not so much concerned perhaps in our later years well maybe we should be I don't know I'll leave that up to the expert to talk about how we look but it's more about how we function so Jillian I'm so excited I've just read your recent blog that you did last month and you have such great information so welcome to the show thank you for joining us today thank you Mary I'm really excited to be here that's great. You have such great information. How on earth did you get into the line of work that you're in? You're a coach and you're helping people and you're working with perhaps a wide range of ages of people. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Um, well, just to, to answer your first question in terms of how I got into this, <laughs> I, um, I've always had a real love hate relationship with food. I, I love food and I love to eat, but, um, over the years, I just, I ended up gaining a lot of weight. I had a lot of digestive problems. I had adult acne and I, um, started to, I volunteered for a number of years at this incredible place called The Stop, which is a food bank. It's a drop-in center. It's a food advocacy center. The whole premise of it is that everybody deserves access to healthy food. And so uh, there were chefs literally in the kitchen putting together these great meals. And I, it, 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 is, it is truly an incredible place. Um, and I would be, a, I was a sous chef, quote unquote, I love to cook. So I was in the kitchen and what the stop instilled in me was this, the, this, the power of food and also working in their food bank. Literally they had organic fresh fruits and vegetables that made up 90% of the food bank. Terrific. Opportunity, yeah. To just talk to all the clients that use the food bank and, I could, I was able to get them excited about kale. They didn't know what kale is and they would shunt like the whole idea of eating a beet just made them shiver. And really? I real, realized that, that, uh, I could actually have an influence. I, I could make a difference in people's lives through food. Mm-hmm. So I went to back to school, um, in my early fifties and, uh, which was a big deal for me. And, and then this incredible world opened up. Like it, uh, it just the the power of food, but also Mary, not only food, what stress can do to our bodies, what lack of physical activity can do to our bodies, and how it really is. It's a, and and it's just a holistic mm-hmm. approach. Well, Jillian, I didn't realize there's, I mean, right away I stopped in my tracks to uh, meet somebody who's gone back to school in their 50s because, as you know, part of my program, my message, my outreach here is about making changes in our lives, not just um, physically, but also mentally. And so the fact that you took the challenge and found something you're passionate about and did it. So that's a whole new subject. Maybe I can invite you back to talk about that. 
that another time, seeing as we've already gone down the road about nutrition. But your passion was sparked by your volunteer work, which again is another uh, thing that I'm very strong about in terms of our organizations need help and it's becoming uh, harder for them to gain that. So thank you for doing that on behalf of those people. But understanding and, and getting somebody excited about kale, like, that in itself is amazing. <laughs> I am a very picky eater, so this is a, a, a div, you know a strange topic for me. There's a lot of things I don't like, so um, I'm looking forward to what it is you share with us. But you went back to school on a passion of being able to help people with better nutritional habits. What were you seeing as far as people's you know regular routine about food? Um, well, I, I can talk about what like my clients now come to me with it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and my, my focus really is it's, it's women in midlife mm -hmm. uh, anywhere between the ages of 45 till for like 45 and on actually, um, at this point. But what I was seeing is that there is a huge lack of energy, um, a lot of digestive issues, a lot of eczema, a lot of joint pain. Mm -hmm. um, and it, 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 people had just lost their spark. Um, and so it, it, there, there are, as I mentioned before, a lot of elements that go into that. But I truly believe that food really is the foundation. And then what, what once we sort of get back on track with a sort of a, a proper yeah, just proper eating habits and sort of incorporate some, it, it gives us, it gives us the ability to incorporate the other things in our lives that we need to start thinking about, which is the physical activity. But of course we want to do that alongside mm -hmm. uh, making changes in food, but that, but those, those are the, those were the key things and are the key things that, and, and also obviously um, excess weight and mm -hmm. a lot of women our age have, um, excess weight around the middle, which mm -hmm. is visceral, visceral, visceral fat, which that in itself is actually, it can be quite, um, I don't want to say dangerous because I don't want to scare people, but that's something that we might, we, we want to, we want to sort of look at and, and think about ways of. It's a major concern. Fat. It's a major concern. I have heard that. And unfortunately, I'm one of those people that if I'm going to gain weight, that's exactly where it'll go. And so the whole idea of being able to stay active, um, and I know you're an expert in that field because in your background, in your expertise, you have uh, accomplished considerable athletic athleticism um, events. Not, that's not even the right word to say. You tell us, what have you done in the past that you know makes you an expert in terms of the need to be active? Um, I don't, you know what, it's funny you say I'm an expert because I don't consider <laughs> myself an expert. I, but I am, I'm passionate about, I'm passionate about physical activity and I'm very, very cautious. I don't want to say the word exercise because I think there's so many negative connotations with that word. Yes. I think movement and physical activity are, you know what, they just, it just keeps our body running. It keeps our blood flowing and, and we need blood flow. We need our cells to be oxygenated. And the other thing to me that goes hand in hand with that is being out in nature, doing physical activity, walking in nature. It um, sounds to me like it's circular. 
because if you're lethargic and no energy and it's due to poor eating, poor nutrition, I mean, our cars aren't going to run if we don't put the right gas in it, right? So I think we've lost sight of the importance of keeping the engine running. And so we're not energetic. We don't feel well. So we don't want to go outside and do things. And I agree with you. I'm not a fan of exercise, but I do like to be out. I do like to walk and bike. And actually, this past summer, I even tried paddle boarding. And it's too oh, bad it was the end of the summer because I, whew, I'd like to do that again. But yes, uh, I'm not a fan of an exercise class. And it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just, I, I, it's not me. Um, so it's circular. How do we break that cycle? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, you know what, Mary? That's the million dollar question. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a tough one because it is so circular. And, and what I will always stress to my clients, it's little baby steps because if someone's thinking okay so I've got to get out and walk today and I have to start thinking of my colorful vegetables and I'm really stressed out so wait I'm supposed to I'm supposed to meditate for that so all of a sudden the the less the list just gets too big so Mm -hmm. it's choosing it's choosing one thing whatever it's going to be the path of least resistance so if that's going to be going out for a five-minute walk then go out for your five minute walk. Maybe go out for that five minute walk three times a day. And and just and and then maybe you come back a little bit energized. So you think, okay, you know what? Instead of having this for lunch, I'm just going to have this, or I'm going to incorporate this because you just feel that much better. Or it's saying, um, like I've got in terms of vegetables, um, in terms of how many vegetables we really should be getting during the course of a day, how many servings, um, instead of like it, it, like in an ideal world, we would want to have anywhere from five to nine servings. A serving being half a cup, except okay. for leafy greens, which is one cup. But I would never tell anybody. Okay, so like start today. It's just what. <laughs> What one, what one different, what one new serving are you going to introduce this week during the course of a day? And, and so literally it's baby steps and as to where to start, like it's just starting. And you and I had a, a very brief conversation. I think the last time, like I'm, I'm, I'm good with my exercise. I'm good with my food. I'm not so good with my organizational abilities. And literally I will sit in my desk in the morning and think, where do I start? Where do I start? And it's just Jillian, just start. start. Just choose one thing and right. start. Right. Well, I couldn't agree with you more about that, Jillian. We do get in the land of overwhelm and we tend to just sit down until it goes away and snack on something perhaps because you're right. It is hard to know where to snack because there's so many elements. So if we're if we eat well, now I, I understand I'm of an age where I've seen changes through the years and I understand that, you know, the Canada's health food guide has changed somewhat. Um, you know, having a lot of vegetables in the course of our day, uh, easy to do if we, you know, incorporate the salads as a side dish to most things. But there are certain foods that just make us 
lethargic, for lack of a better word, like too much sugar, perhaps, um, that we just it, we just sort of settle into. Maybe it's a comfort thing. I don't know. I think there's another element there with regards to um, people using food as a pleasure source or a medicinal source. Would you does that sound reasonable? It sounds very reasonable. And you're and and again, that's why it's all so circular. <laughs> and that's where it can get so overwhelming because sugar is sugar really is a uh yeah, sugar can relate to trauma back in one's early days. Do you know a sugar addiction? So there's yeah, there's a, there's a there's there's a lot going on with our sugar with sugar and refined carbohydrates like the 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 flours and all the anything that's been processed and broken down it um, gets absorbed into our bloodstream really really quickly and then it spikes our blood sugar which is it, it, so it it turns into sugar in our body and and spikes our blood sugar. And so, yeah, I can, and I can talk about sugar for a second if you want me to. Yes, Just please, to- because I know I'm not alone. Um, there are people who tend to be addicted to maybe salty things like potato chips. And then there are people who are addicted to more of the, uh, the sugar right. uh, snacks. And I, I'm a sugar person. And yeah. I struggle with that greatly because sometimes I'd rather have dessert than dinner. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and I get that. <laughs> So, so what, what, what happened, what will happen with sugar is that we'll eat sugar our, or, or the refined or refined carbohydrate. Let's say we have a muffin for breakfast mm-hmm. or a, ba- a bagel, a bagel for breakfast or a bowl of cereal for breakfast. So what happens is there's not a lot of protein in that or fat. And I can touch on that in a second, but that's, but that will spike our blood sugar. So by 10 o'clock, we're going to be hungry again. Like our, our because what will happen is that our blood sugar levels will go up mm-hmm. high, fast, and then they come right back down, but they go down to lower the normal levels. And then we get, we, we crave, like our body's craving, like we need something fast and mm-hmm. our body is craving sugar or something to do with sugar again. So we have that hit, um, I don't know, let's say some crackers or another muffin around 10 o'clock. Our blood sugar is going to be spiked right back up again, and then it's going to be crashing down again. And we get into this roller coaster of sugar and refined carbohydrate cravings throughout the day. Um, so, and and sugar is highly, highly addictive. Like it literally, it triggers um, our opiate receptors in our brain, and so it's not, it's not easy to get. I, I'm not going to fool anybody. It's not easy to get off of but what people can what 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 one can do is is start incorporating more proteins and more healthy fats because they do two things they um they don't raise fat doesn't raise our blood sugar levels at all and protein does just a little bit but they also keep us fuller for longer so if we combine our carbohydrates with a healthy protein or fat, or we really minimize our carbohydrates, carbohydrates by that, I mean, sugar and refined um, carbohydrates, like anything with, with wheat or pastas or anything. Mm -hmm. If we combine them with a fat or a protein and or a protein, um, it keeps us fuller for longer. And we don't get those up and down roller coaster blood sugar spikes. Therefore, 
we will be able to reduce those sugar cravings. Slowly. That sounds good. So the roller coaster that you're talking about, the highs and the lows, that sounds to me like it would have a fairly strong impact on our energy. Absolutely. We have energy when we crash, right? Absolutely. I used to have a nap every single afternoon because I just, I could not keep my eyes open. As soon as I started to introduce more proteins and fats into my diet, I have not, I, I just, I don't get tired in the afternoons at so all. That's a, that's a good, uh, yeah, that's a good tip for people who are feeling that three o'clock. And I think it's fairly well known about the three o'clock uh, coffee break and, you know, we need the sugar rush, right? Whereas maybe if we balance more protein earlier in the day, we wouldn't feel that. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. And, 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 and actually, it's sort of throughout the course of the day because we have the dip in the morning, we have the dip in the afternoon. So it's throughout the course of the day because you're absolutely right. A tea or a coffee and uh, and a sweet middle of the day, just or sorry, middle of the afternoon, just to pick us up. Mm -hmm. And and in an, uh, in an ideal world, we really wouldn't be snacking at all in between meals. And I'll be honest, <laughs> I've just started to like my like I'm I'm because I've I've had sort of close to ten years to gradually change my my sort of eating habits now what i crave when i come down if i am going to snack between a meal i crave a carrot with tahini so it's, oh. it's taken a long time to get there that was not what i used to crave right um, right so so i guess the other thing is having it, it's just is is um having some good healthier snacks in the fridge or in, I say fridge, because as soon as I say cupboard, there's not a whole lot that's going to be hanging out in our cupboards. That's going to be healthy, except for nuts, except for nuts and seeds. That's another really great snack. Great protein, great fat keeps us fuller for longer. Don't need a lot of them. Sounds like um, one of those really small steps that might not be too difficult to start. So if you were, uh, well, we're working at home a lot now, but I mean, wherever you happen to be, if you notice that bit of a crash mid-afternoon to start looking for healthy food choices and get away from. So just, just a small transition from a muffin to, you know, a little pocket of almonds or something could make a big difference. And once you start feeling a little bit more, enthused about things or you know having that little bit more energy i think we are a reward oriented type people so we need to see um we need to have the motivation we need to see some uh return so that you know try and if this is a, a good question i'm not sure but the effect the after effect of having the tea and the muffin at three in the afternoon as opposed to having uh, let's say you know a handful of almonds how is that going to affect the brain's performance you know I mean we're tired we can't be thinking that well so no. does this make an impact it, it has it has a huge impact on our brain um, our brain is our brain it needs healthy fuel in order to function properly mm -hmm. and every there is a this whole field of work called the gut brain connection um and so whatever we whatever we eat has a direct like there are about five different pathways between our gut and our brain and in terms of 
Yeah, just just in terms of how we our, our memory, our learning, our brain fog, um, like long. Well, I want to say long run Alzheimer's, but now we know that Alzheimer's starts in our brain sort of decades before any symptoms show, and there there. It's, it's fascinating, Mary, to me that they're saying that genetics plays a 1% to 2% role in Alzheimer's and that it's lifestyle that is absolutely critical. And when I say lifestyle, it is food and physical activity are the two biggest, um, two biggest drivers right now of, mm-hmm. well, not right now, well, at least, yeah, right now, but I'm assuming that that will stick uh, <laughs> of, of brain, brain health. So. Well, that brings up a question to, to me, uh, Jillian, something that I've been concerned about maybe a little late in life, but in the midst of the panic, and you say, you say not COVID panic, but just in the chaos, maybe is a better word for, you know, a full family, raising your family before the empty nesters. And we get into that whole cycle uh, of, you know, going to work and trying to do the best we can with everything. Sometimes we don't really become aware of what we should have done until we realize that we've lost something. So how, how do you talk to your clients when you're coaching them with regards to, you know, becoming more aware at an earlier age so that they are, are more conscious, I guess. I, I want to say preventative, but I think we need to make them conscious first. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's funny. It's it's a good it's a good question. I don't have a lot of younger clients, um, so what and what what I spend my time doing is letting the clients I do have understand it is never too late. Um, Perfect. But yeah, with respect to like, I, I, I could talk about younger clients and what I would talk to them about, but I would love to just actually bring up something on that I read on your Facebook page. Um, it was a, uh, I don't, uh, somebody who follows you and it was, um, and, and was talking about a friend of hers who was in his seventies, lost oh, 25 yes. pounds and has weaned himself, like has never felt better and has uh-huh. weaned himself off of um, all, well, at least two of his medications. Mm-hmm. His- mm-hmm no longer pre-diabetic right and I think it could have been blood pressure medication I think so yes and honestly Mary that gives me shivers yes that's it was exciting I was so glad to hear that yeah. so that's true that's that's proof positive that what you're saying is um start where you're at no yes. matter when so you know it, I guess it's it's waking up when you know how can we get people to wake up earlier like I mean fantastic for the 70 year old but I wonder if in his own mind he thinks what would my life have been like if I'd done this five years earlier 10 years earlier so how can we encourage people to recognize how important um our whole minds body mind and spirit is to longevity and not just living longer but living well I'd like to live a long time, but if I'm just hanging out, not able to do anything, that to me is existing. So, you know, I want to learn what to do so I can live well. I mean, the thought of riding my bicycle at 85 years old would be awesome, but, you know, maybe a little far-fetched, but I mean, who knows? (laughs) No, not at all. Oh, again, Mary, another million-dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) What, What happens is that, 
people, um, they wait and wait and wait until all of a sudden it's unbearable. Yeah. And then, and sort of they, they, there's a big pain point and then they think, okay, maybe I better go see somebody about it. Our, it's just, it's unfortunate. Our health takes, it just takes a back seat because we just kind of put up with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the thing is like the, I, I, I would love people to understand if you've got digestive issues, like even a lot of gas and a lot of bloating and you are lacking energy, there's stuff going on, but mm-hmm. often that's, and, and, and so it, there's influence. It means usually, and joint pain, it usually mean, means there's inflammation going on inside your body and inflammation, like nothing happens overnight. So that chronic inflammation, inflammation just builds and it builds and it mm-hmm. builds and it manifests itself into whatever it, it could be um, an autoimmune disease. It could be cancer. It could be, it could, it may not manifest itself into any of that stuff, but mm-hmm. Um, it's helping people understand that if they aren't feeling great, there's stuff going on, mm-hmm. um, but it's really, it's, it's really challenging to, it's, 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 it's people like you, um, Mary out there sort of talking about this <laughs> and interviewing people like the woman that you interviewed. I don't know if it was your last podcast. Um, and maybe it hasn't even, it's not even out there yet. The woman who, deals with uh, osteoporosis and, and uh, putting together fitness programs for the seniors. Yes, yes. Melanie, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, and so it's people hearing these things enough yeah. to go, okay, you know what? I need to take some action. Well, that's why I invited you, Jillian, because when I read what you were saying and the statistics about women – I think my audience is primarily women. So when when I read your statistics about the the stress and the impact that has on women and what what we can do to minimize some of that, certainly we're in hard times. And I've lived with a lot of stress most of my life. And that's why, you know, I take the sugar hike and do all this sort of thing. But I do recognize that. You know, I need to balance that with the with the fitness. And now, if I remember correctly, did you not say earlier that you know you you were had a weight problem? And I I, I read about your um, triathlons that you did. You had ten triathlons. You did a half Ironman. And so the fact that you have always been fit, and then you know recognizing the weight, I, I guess with your history, there's not much surprise that you went into recognizing how important food is the right food and it's not something we can put off. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but did you ever do the all night, um, you know, the staying up all night and hanging out and you had, you know, the pizza at three o'clock in the morning or whatever. Um, I'm sure that takes its toll if it becomes a regular plan. Uh, sorry, did I ever do that or do I ever do that now? Well, no, I, I can't imagine you doing that. I don't do it. I can't stay up that late anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, we, when we're young, we think we're invincible and yes. perhaps we, we stress out our bodies and we need to kind of temper that and bring it back into a better focus as we, as we age and to recognize that cars going to run out of gas and we, if we don't, if we don't put fuel in it properly. So, um, what kind of, um, do you have with your coaching clients, do you have sort of a, uh, a regular routine of how to eat to keep your energy levels and your brain functioning properly 
do you have, um, what kind of tips do you give people on how they should be addressing mealtimes? Uh, really good question. I, there's sort of, off the top, I would say treat breakfast, eat breakfast. Like this is the old adage, eat breakfast, like a King lunch, like a queen and dinner, like a pauper. Um, the one, so, so you want to have your biggest meal at, in, in, in the morning and mm-hmm. your, and, and to help your sleep, um, and other body processes, you want to have just sort of your smallest meal in the evening. Um, the the key things is that you always one always should. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> there's that word should. Oh, I knew that's what tripped you up. What um, I advise clients uh, are ha- always having a protein and a fat at every meal and, and, a, and a carbohydrate. And, and, okay. So there's, there's a whole bunch of things here. Yes. <laughs> so, so it's having a, a healthy protein and a healthy fat and I'll get onto vegetables in a, in a second, but it's, it's really, I, I think the biggest thing is that once, once I get, I will always get my clients to do a three day food journal and, um, once it's very, they don't realize how many carbohydrates they have in there. Let's say they have toast for breakfast, a sandwich for lunch and pasta for dinner. Mm-hmm. Again, those are those that get absorbed into your system really quickly. They start that roller coaster. And what that roller co- sugar roller coaster ultimately leads to is, is pre-diabetes. Like the, the, the incidence of diabetes, type two diabetes right now is skyrocketed. So we really want to, um, we want to get, we, I won't get into all the details of what protein does for our body. Well, it gives us energy, but it does a whole mm-hmm. lot of other things. It's also critical to have protein in our circulating our bot in our bodies throughout the day because our neurotransmitters depend on that protein and neurotransmitters are what sort of keep our brain. Well, the two of the key neurotransmitters, dopamine and serotonin, are our mood neurotransmitters. Therefore, and so they affect our, our, our mood. Like dopamine is known, known as the body's natural antidepressant. Mm-hmm. So there's all these links. So I always recommend protein and fat and, and a carbohydrate. I do want to focus on vegetables because what we, I talked about the gut a little bit earlier. We've got what's called our microbiome or our gut bacteria. And it's, if in an ideal world, it's made up of mostly good bacteria and a little bit bad just to keep the good in check. Our good gut bacteria thrives on fiber and we get most of our fiber from vegetables. We also have thousands of strains of good bacteria. Therefore, we want to have a diversity of vegetables. So think, I will always tell clients, think of a rainbow of colors. When you go mm-hmm. grocery shop, just get different colors because we want to, we, we want to feed the good bacteria. So that's like that, that's key. And also diversity. And, and this is really tough for, it's tough for me. We all get stuck in our ruts, but we want diversity of everything. We want diversity in our vegetables. We want diversity in our proteins and our fats. We get stuck on the same things and 
we're not we're not sort of developing a really healthy gut microbiome and we know that has a direct impact on our brain the other thing with diversity is that there are some critical nutrients that are essential for our body and our brains so the more diverse our diet the more diverse we're, we're going to get all mm-hmm. these these essential nutrients vitamins and minerals for our body. Sorry, I'm just giving you a mouthful there. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's good. I'm just thinking, I I can't imagine that I'm alone, but uh, living on my own, uh, for the most part, um, and I've never been a great cook. I lost my husband almost four years ago. He was the cook, (laughs) which I was really thrilled when I, when uh, we started going out and I realized how much he loved being in the kitchen. It's like, wow, winner, winner. Um, but now that he's gone, it's kind of like, I, I mean, I've never really enjoyed cooking. Um, I look for something quick and easy. I'm not really a fan of spending much time. And like, I know that there are, so I have some friends who live on their own and they will post a full meal that they've done, like the sauces, the meats, the, you know, like everything. And they post this picture. It's like, invite me for dinner because I'm not going to do that for me. What would you, what do you say to people like me who find it difficult uh, cooking for one and and getting all that diversity? Like, I agree with what you're saying. And again, you know, what we know, what we do aren't always in sync. And I'm afraid that falls to me some, um, a lot of the time. So what would you say for somebody like me who um, needs to incorporate all that, but finds it more of a chore than a delight? Uh, yeah, I, you know, the first thing I say to people with respect to dinners, let's say, is roasting. One sheet okay. roasting. So you can have bought a red pepper and a zucchini and some mushrooms and carrots, let's say cut them all up, throw them on a roasting pan, drizzle some olive oil and a bit of salt over, have a piece of fish, salmon, olive oil, bit of salt, bit of pepper on everything, shove it in the oven. No excuses, eh? (laughs) No excuses. I I roast, roasting is my, roasting is my fallback because it is a no brainer and there's hardly any cleanup and you can get, you can sort of do the diversity and get all the colors and it doesn't have to be fish. It can be chicken or just roast vegetables for, for people who are vegetarians. You can just roast vegetables. The other thing that, that I tend to do is my fallback. And I, and I know a lot of people don't like salads and and but a salad doesn't have to just be lettuce but I will I will have a base of lettuce or I could I do a sort of what's called a a Buddha bowl so I will have made quinoa quinoa is a great source of protein quinoa or wild rice or something early in the week and I will have made enough to last the week I'll just keep Mm -hmm. it in the fridge leftovers like another huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. We are a we are a leftover family, um, and but so with roast extra vegetables, and so and then you've got your quinoa in the fridge, and you've got your vegetables. Can of lentils, drain that. Put your lentils in there. So you've got quinoa and lentils as your protein. You've got all the different color vegetables. Get uh, all put olive oil and vinegar on top. I I or or lemon juice and um, mm-hmm. olive oil on top. Mm-hmm. Or if you're make a little salad dressing because it's dead easy. Mm-hmm. 
And then that's, and warm that, that's warmed up. That's a fantastic meal and it's pretty easy, but um, at least, I don't know, Mary, do you, would you find that? Okay. So would you find that easy? So making, cause this will be really good feedback. <laughs> would I find that easy? Um, yeah. Doing it doing a big batch of quinoa or rice, brown rice or wild planning rice. Ahead. Planning ahead. Exactly. Right. There's something that I end up working at my desk and yeah. I tend to lose track of time and suddenly it's dinner time and it's kind of like I go downstairs. It's like, okay, what's fast and easy? It's, right. it's the pre-planning. And you're absolutely right. I mean, getting a roast and doing it all ahead of time. I mean, the, the advantage then for me by myself is that the leftovers are, are going to keep me going for it. So I don't even have to cook every day. It could just be warming up after a while. So get to the place where uh, I boost my, well, first of all, let's say we take this order. I'll, I'll check with you and see what you think. So first of all, we adjust our eating. So yeah. we are eliminating some of the things that make our blood sugar crash. We feel a little bit more energetic, so we start to increase a little bit of um, activity, whether it's just going for a walk outside. Even the fresh air would be better, right? Um, and as we go through that, how does that impact? First of all, I know it's your, you said it's going to impact our brain function. What is it doing with our stress levels? Well, being outside in nature, there's been so many studies done, especially in Japan, and I, I, I can't remember what they call it, but literally in, um, in, so they, in Japan, they had a really high suicide rate, and they were trying to going on, and so they, they started taking groups of workers out for nature walks every day, and made a huge impact on the rates of depression and the rates of suicide. There is something about nature, both through our, our eyes and through our smell, sense of smell and through hearing that has a big, a big calming impact on, on people. Um, just doing also with respect to just stress, uh, lowering, would be just doing movement, walking up and down the stairs. Like you had mentioned to me the last time that, that um, one of your followers, I think is a widow who lives by herself um, at, on, a, on a top floor. And the yes. first thing I thought of was, I don't, I don't know her age, but the, <laughs> and I don't know how long the stairs are, but I'm sure there's a landing. Uh-huh. I just start, walk up and down the stairs twice. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's amazing that little bit of extra energy that gives you, and it has a big impact on our brains. It key, the blood flow to our brain, mm-hmm. which helps our stress levels. Um, a little bit of cardio, which helps our stress levels. So, sorry, am I off on a tangent? I'm thinking. Am I answering what you, you're asking? You're well, asking? I'm just thinking about everything being in balance right. that can't help but reduce our stress. So it helps us if we get off that hamster wheel. But we, it's it's multifaceted. So it's not just about getting out and going for a run. It's about eating properly, having the energy to do that. And of course, you know, not eating a heavy meal before we go to sleep. Obviously, it's I just said something talking about our, our sleep habits oh, and exactly. so it's it's being aware of how we're treating ourselves so that we can live better so mm-hmm. a lot of what we do and some of the problems that we have might not be 
old age. It might not be hereditary, as you said. It just might be self-induced neglect yes. or lack of lack of proper treatment. So, Jillian, it's 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 really fascinating. And like like your your blog on your website. So, what's what's your website's um, URL? How do oh, we find you? It's GB Jillian Bogdan Wellness Great. And people can find you there. They can reach out. Like I said, you did a fantastic blog last month. I definitely encourage our listeners and viewers to check that out because, um, you know, it's a wealth of information. A lot of blogs we'll see are kind of short and and maybe not so um, factual, whereas you have a lot of backup there in your information. So I would challenge people to get out there. And you offer people to, you know, get in touch with you if they have questions. Um, which, where are you geographically? Um, I am in Toronto. Oh, excellent. Okay. Mind you, in our global world, in our tech world today, it doesn't really matter a whole lot of where we are. But, um, you know, people can reach out and uh, find out more about you. And thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Um, yeah, I, I must admit that I need to address what I'm talking about. It's like I teach about activity and then the paddleboard thing came up in the summer and I thought, you know, I can't be talking this without doing what I'm saying or what people are teaching me. So I love the interviews. I love to learn. And thank you very much for what you've shared with me today. And I think this afternoon, I think I'm going to go out and buy a roast. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Mary. Well, it's great to have you, Jillian. So again, this is Don't Die Before You're Dead, and I'm Mary McCartney. And I'm leaving you with this challenge. Dare to live the life you were meant to live, and that means that you need to do the things you need to do to do that. So thank you so much for joining, and until next time, take care.